You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've reached the unofficial midway point of the NHL season. All-Star break is here, and something could be happening that Scott has been calling for for a long time. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 140 of Orange and Backcheck. Scott, how are you, sir? We've done 140 episodes. Yeah. How yes, bad? we have. Wow, man, it doesn't feel like that. No, and uh, we have a new iTunes review. I figured I'd lead off with this one. As <laughs> always, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, new sponsor Raycon Headphones, and the Hockey Podcast Network. New podcast review for the for the show, uh, Scott. I'm going to read this out loud because I'm ninety nine nine ninety nine point nine nine percent sure that this person only listens to my voice and doesn't hear your optimism. Quote. Headline, don't bother, one star, another negative pointless Flyers podcast. Listen, um, I understand that like <laughs> negativity within a certain sector, I'm not going to lump you all, all of us together. Uh, I, I understand negativity and just that trying to be realistic with the situation of the Flyers hurts some feelings of Flyers fans um, like this gentleman who cowardly didn't even give his own name. Uh, their name, I shouldn't uh, <laughs> assume. Um, HXJBBVHC. So it doesn't even sound like a real, it's not a real person. It doesn't even make any sense. So I, they obviously only listen to you, only to me. They don't listen to your optimism for a team that is how many points out of the playoff spot, Scott? Six. Today, they're six points out of a playoff spot. With 31 to go. So you can't tell me <laughs> that like we're a podcast that you can't bother with just because uh, I'm trying to be realistic with the situation, even though apparently my takes have been terrible because they're actually playing pretty damn well. Look at how they played just right before the All-Star break. Uh, Carter Hart got a shutout against Winnipeg in Winnipeg. Yeah, one, so, of, one of the better teams in the league, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's I, listen, I, people can say whatever the hell they want. It doesn't bother me here or there. If, if you if you want to do a positive Flyers podcast, then by all means, the whatever, uh, veg, H, whatever, H H, whatever, yeah, whatever the hell, uh, you know, start your own. What is what it is. But listen, I, it, I don't I don't think we, you know, anticipated starting the podcast talking about a bad review. But I tell you <laughs> what, I, I kind of appreciate it because you know what? <laughs> the fact that it says negative, like 
I think out of all the podcasts, we're probably the least negative because I'm the only one here saying, hey, this team has a shot to make the playoffs. Hey, this team is only six points out. Hey, guess what? I might be regurgitating what Chuck Fletcher's saying, but he's not lying. He's not lying, but uh, I don't know. Um, Yeah, so if you want your review read on this podcast, shoot us a five-star review or one star. (laughs) I'll read the one stars. I, we should just read the one stars. I know other podcasts, they read five star reviews. Yeah. We should read the one stars because that would be hilarious. Yeah, that's true. Now uh, everybody's going to rate us one if star. We, if we get to a thousand reviews, I will dedicate one episode, whether that thousandth episode happens in the regular season, playoffs, or off season. I will do an episode just by myself. Won't be. I won't rope you into this. We reach a thousand reviews. And I will read every single review on the podcast. Five star, one star, two star, <laughs> all of it. I'll read them all. So you, you know, make you, sure you, might, you might be lucky if you get three or four downloads that week. And I know two of them would be <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So we're at the unofficial midway point. They've played a lot of hockey here. They've 51 games at this point in the season, right before the All-Star, right at the All-Star break. Feels like a lot. It, I'm, I'm not going to go back and look at it, but it feels like it's been a lot of hockey. Um, honestly, what happened has happened with in terms of they wrote reached the December Christmas mark, and they've been overall a pretty decent hockey team um, for the most part. I mean, Carter Hart. Uh, the, honestly, it's been the goalie tandem for some reason. And you'll, I'll ask, I'll defer to you on the. Um, the official stats, but like, I I think if when you have good goaltending, you're always in it. And when you have a coach that finally can get into the players' heads of learning to play the game, um, from the back to the front, then good things happen. Despite the lack of talent that we've been harping on over the last couple of weeks here, so that's really what it comes down to. And you're not like I, I've given up on any chance of Connor Bedard. Uh, unless they luck into it, but listen, the Rangers did a couple years ago with Alexei Lafreniere. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things. Ha- you know what's weird? If you go back and listen, I kind of called that too a little bit. I said, "Watch Raheem like a Rangers when Detroit really could use that pick would go out and get a player like Lafreniere, and they and they did, and it's it's just it, it's insane." But look, you mentioned that they play a lot of hockey. Okay, um, the most games that any team has played thus far is fifty two. And that's with uh, Winnipeg, Los Angeles, uh, Washington, and the Islanders. They've all played 52 games. So, I mean, it is a lot. The least amount of games played in the league is 48, and that's by Detroit, uh, Minnesota, and Colorado, and Nashville. Everybody, I'm sorry, Chicago, too, but it doesn't matter with them. So, 48 to 51, that's not, that's not terrible. That's actually not a bad thing because, you know, that means later in the season you have a little less games here to go. So, yeah, it's wacky and this upcoming month, but 51 games, 21, 21, 9, 51 points. Look, for everybody talking about how disastrous this season was going to be, John Torello has got a team with, uh, with a team with not a whole lot of skill on its own at, at 500. And you, you really, you really can't look at that and say, well, yeah, they're, they're a terrible team. They're stuck in mediocrity. This, this team here, it just needs to kind of figure out what kind of pieces it needs to add around. What players are going to stay here to kind of build around this? And I'm telling you, this is exactly what's playing out like this first season in Columbus. They're going to make some changes, and next season they're going to come out 
And you're going to see this consistently where you won't have that 10-game losing streak. If you take away that 10-game losing streak, guess what? They're 21 and 10, 21 and 11 and 9. So that, that makes a major difference. So I think that 10-game losing streak, you know, really put bottom out. But the way they've been able to crawl out of that since then, the, the way they've been playing over the last month, I've seen a lot more positives than negatives with this team. And I, I think it's I think it's really important going forward that they continue to play the way they're playing as a team because when you when you get them three on three, it, it, they just have no chance whatsoever, it seems like. Yeah, they're a really, really bad ex- overtime uh, shootout team. I think they're, what, one and seven, they're one, one and eight? eight they're one and eight yeah. in overtime, and I think they've been a one shootout and lost it. But that also goes to the lack of skill. because That's once the, you my get point. To, yeah, once you get to the overtime, and, and Tortorella has basically acknowledged this to, to – to, to, my knowledge, um, the skill is just not there. They don't have they don't have the skill, uh, the pieces to place on the ice for a, whether it's a three on three matchup or a sh- shootout. Because I mean th- they've neglected the shootout for decades on end. Really, well, since, since it started the, in two thousand five. Yeah, that's part, what I was, yeah. was going to say. Like since the since the lockout ended and they implemented the no tie and the, determine a winner via shootout. Um, yeah, they're just not they're just not good. They don't they don't enforce it. They don't they don't care about it. Um, three on three was a lot of fun when they first implemented it because it was something new. It was something fresh to to add spice to the game. Um, and it just felt like, a, again, a skills competition. And then people adapted to it. And now it's kind of gotten back into the flow of being a skill base. But maybe that's also just because we're, we're neglected actual skill players to play on the 3v3 side right so right because before the flyers are pretty decent in overtime but it's about possession like you get the puck and you want to possess a good clean breakout try to get an odd man rush one way or another number guys and the thing is is that once the puck pops the other way and you have one guy at a position and you overskate and lose your gap well guess what you're on a two-on-one automatically the other way or three-on-one i mean look what happened last season with uh or two seasons ago with the vancouver canucks with a they they lost control of the puck, and then the Blues go in on a three zero, and it, it just three zero, and all three players were in front of Jacob Markstrom, and they scored obviously. But the the key is here is that like the the perfect way to summarize how the Flyers are skill wise is to look at what Matt Zuccarello did to them in, in against Minnesota the other night. One of the best hockey games we've seen in a long time. Physical, lots of fights. Just old school hockey, two teams really grinding it out, good goaltending on both sides. And at the very end on the three on three, Matt Zuccarello goes one on one against Travis Connect. He puts the puck through his legs, gets the puck, pulls it back, and then is able to flip it over Carter Hart as he's moving. That's the skill difference there is that you don't have someone who can make that play. And you you can depend on Kevin Hayes. You can depend on on Travis Connect. You can depend on on, on um, Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett, but they're not those types of guys where they can just razzle dazzle and be super creative with the puck. That's just not their game on a three on three. I will say though, Owen Tippett is coming to his own as being a sniper. Absolutely, I mean, he he look. We've criticized him, Chuck no, Fletcher. You've criticized. I've them. criticized him. Fine. Chuck Fletcher. That's why we have 1.0 ratings, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> he got a lot of heat for that Claude Giroux trade. He had a he has a first round pick next year uh for him. And we, we got Owen Tippett. I mean, and the, the for a rental for Florida in Florida's case. Yeah, they, yeah, a, a guy that's yeah, out in Ottawa now. Yeah. Um 
Florida's not very good. Obviously, that that's this season. I don't know what the future holds for next season, but like they're three points ahead of the Flyers. For all the speak about the Flyers being bad, Florida's three points ahead of the Flyers. Yeah. So I mean, that trade is looking decent right now. Like you got to see what you do with that pick. You got to see if uh, Owen Tippett continues to pan out. Um, but he's a guy that is clearly under the tutelage of John Tortorella. Has really flourished for the most part he hasn't been in the good graces 100 percent of the time of Tortorella but it's been enough to make a serious impact so good on him so I can't I there's no real like honestly I'm, I'm unintentionally becoming positive about this team which like defeats the purpose of what I wanted this team to be doing this year like and I think some of the fan base wanted I don't know about the majority but, but Bill, how many times do I have to say it? Like, it's not like getting a star player automatically makes you a contender or automatically makes you, uh, you know, a, a team to be reckoned oh, okay. with. Okay, that's actually a good point. So let's play twenty twenty hindsight then. Okay. If you had known that this was going to be the result, so say you're playing really well, not really well, but you're playing fine. You're six points out of the playoff spot. Flashback to last summer. Do you pull the trigger on giving up JVR? And first round picks to clear cap space to sign Johnny Hockey? No, no, you don't. You don't because oh wait, look, as much as it would be for the fan base, I, I think that from what I've seen anyway, I've seen fans in the seats. I think people are starting to get a little more confidence back in this team because of the way they're playing. Like but last year was a disaster. When a head coach comes out and says, dude, Scotty Bowman could coach this team and you couldn't get any more out of him. Well, obviously, John Tortorella has come in here and got that. So coaching was a big issue with this team. It's, it's, it's damn straight. They, they put younger talent in here, guys, who they're, they're developing the right way. I think with adding Johnny Hockey, which, which is amazing because when you look at the standings, Columbus is dead last. In, yeah, in, they're going to have the a top three in, in the pick. the conference, yeah. I mean, they're, they have 33 points in 15 games. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're dead last in the league. That's how bad they are. Even Chicago has more points with them, and they went for the tank. So adding Johnny Hockey wouldn't have really made this team any better so to speak and what i mean by that i is disagree that, with that because i think that would have been you would have gotten the skill player that we just talked about we don't have okay they so don't have. who's gonna play center with them yeah i mean well you lock down that sort of cap for long room i guess you take the risk i guess tortorella takes the risk and puts kevin hayes out there instead of putting him on the left but wing does that make it any better i don't know like we can't you can't speculate with johnny hockey was here or not because look i mean obviously johnny hockey hasn't made the columbus blue jackets better they were better last season for crying out loud so look and, and that's what i'm saying is that what would happen here is that too much pressure would have been put on him now there was a case for the sign him because he would brought back but you know what taking a step back and the fact that flyers were patient and didn't go after him and didn't trade JVR, didn't give away a first-round pick, loads them up because guess what? You're going to have $7 million in cap space to play with this summer. You have rumblings of Kevin Hayes possibly being traded. That's going to clear up another $7 million. You don't know if Sean Couturier is coming back. I mean, listen, I haven't heard any updates on him, but apparently the right now is the time he would be starting to ready to come back. But if he doesn't come back next season, that contract's an LTIR. You got Ryan Ellis' contract LTIR. So... You, you, you have some flexibility there where you can go out and say, hey, look, dangle a 2024 first round pick and be like, hey, let's go make a move here. Let's go get someone who could be a skill impact player that's under team control. Because look at the, look at the 
Look at the Islanders and the Vancouver Canucks just did. They just traded, you know, one of their younger players and, and good players, Anthony Beauvillier, and for Bo Horvat, you know, a younger, you know, youngish player. Um, but they that's that's a that's a big big move. They you know they traded their captain. And they, obviously, they're going for a rebuild. But there's players out there to be had, and the fact that someone just traded Bo Horvat, you trade a younger roster player, you have a you have cap room, you have a um, you have a first round pick to dangle out there. You know, for a team that's looking for a shakeup, that 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 could possibly be happening. It could it could be out there. Rumors have started bubbling. Quite a few rumors, honestly, about this team because we're the trade deadline is about a month from now, March third. Um, Travis Konechny's name has suddenly cropped up on. I I think it's mostly blogs, and I don't think it's been anyone official. I don't think Elliot Friedman or anyone of that nature has brought up the the name Travis, but like. He's a guy that's under team control for including this year, three years, two years left on his deal after this year. Um, relatively team friendly contract of just under four million dollars. Do you and having one of the best seasons he's had in a long time, if ever? Um, do you dangle him out there and try and get a pick or a high end prospect? And because look, I've said it: if the price is right, everyone's on the table for a team like this because they should still be, despite being six points out. In a cell in a cell mode because you want to replenish, not for not you don't want to sell today for tomorrow basically. Um, so if you don't think that there's a real future with this cluster of players that you call your core, I get it's only one year under Tortorella, but if you're looking for that next step into next year, like you're saying, where you add the right pieces in the off season or at the trade deadline here for next year. Do you dangle a guy like Travis Konechny, who's a high-end talent? He's under contract, he's under 30, and he's having a career year. Do you dangle him out there? So I am completely split on this. I'm not going to be on. I'm going to lie to you. If you do Konechny, you're going to have to do it during the offseason. I think that trading him now would be a mistake. Because if you trade him at the deadline, what value are you going to get for them? Because of his term, because of his age, because he's under contract, he's under control. You have an ability here where you can make a move and a team will give up a little more in the offseason. We're not pressured. Now, you could drive the price up on them now and be like, we can't do this. We're not going to the playoffs. But I think that this team is close enough where they're not going to make a move like that, not at the deadline. I think of a move like that that's going to come in the offseason. I like. I know Bleacher Report, like they, they speculated some trades about a month ago, like Kevin Hayes, the Dallas Stars, connecting to the Red Wings, Pro Rob to the Kings, and JVR to the Flames. I mean, I'm, I'm all, not looking all at like four that. of those players, I wouldn't be shocked if they're gone, but three of those I think are locks to be gone. JVR. I don't know about me, Hayes. Or, I don't know. Now, the, the, the cap is supposedly supposed to go up about $4 million. I, I don't know. I really don't know about Hayes. I, I don't. I, I don't know. It really depends on what happens with Sean Kateria. It really happens what goes on with Cutter Gauthier. There's a lot that goes into that because you really can't lose that depth. You have no. You don't have enough depth in your in your in, in the lineup. And and I think the Kevin Hayes one is kind of being fueled by his relationship with Tortorella, which does seem well. I, I don't even call it shake anymore. Like it seems like they have a mutual respect for each other. Connecting, or I keep saying connecting. Um, Hayes clearly doesn't agree a hundred percent of the time. Why would he? Whenever he's scratched or publicly disciplined by. Uh, or talked about. I shouldn't say discipline because that's not towards his style. Um, but I think there's some animosity towards each other. But 
I can't I can't imagine like look, I, I think it's you trade them if you get the right price. Like I wouldn't like if, if Fletcher, who is likely gonna be managing this offseason or this trade deadline now, um just kind of I don't know. Like I, I'm really at a I don't know anymore. Like it, it like I wouldn't be shocked if they we run a, run this back again with the right pieces for next year and you don't do that much at this trade deadline. Which would disappoint, I think, a lot of people. But yet again, trade deadline is is a lot of. I mean, listen. I think people overvalue overvalue the trade deadline. A lot of deals that are already happening, they're already being talked about right now. It's just that's the time. Like, hey, are we doing it or not? And I think teams have become. And again, it just goes back to one of my complaints about the league. There's not enough player movement. I used to have a flurry of trades on active on, on trade deadline day, but now you don't have it anymore. They have it more during the offseason. Even then, teams are afraid to move on from certain players. I get it. But this is this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. So as we mentioned in our last episode, you know, from everything from what I've heard as well, is that and, and you know, from from other places that that and that Travis Connecty worked a lot with Danny Briere this offseason to play more to the inside. And you can see that he's he's taking this play more to the net. He's put himself in better position. He's he's really developing into a, a a player like that. I don't think it's in the Flyers' best interest to trade him if he's about to turn that cusp. Because if he turns into a Danny Briere type player, where he's a all around player where he can score goals and he can pass, I mean he can make really good assists. You know he could be you know Mister Clutch in the playoffs when you really need him. I, I'm not ready to give up on a guy like Konechny as of yet. I am ready to move on from JVR. JVR ready to move on. Look, he's been great here. He's played most of his career here. It's time to move on. You know, it, he's it, you know that hazy. It really depends on what happens. I think that the deal that could be happening at the deadline, though, just from a hunch, from my perspective, is Ivan Provorov. If anybody's going to go to the deadline, it's going to be Provorov because you're going to have a team when you have a defenseman like that dangling, still under control in Los Angeles. They're in third in the Pacific, and so you know they're. And Edmonton's nipping at their heels. They're only two points back, and they're only five points ahead of Colorado. And that division's really, really tight with Seattle in first place, surprisingly, of anything else. But they're they're really, really it's really important for this team to to make a good deal, a good hockey deal. So, like, you know, what are you gonna get in return? I'm not looking at a pick when I'm getting pro rob. I'm looking at a younger roster player. I'm looking at a hockey trade there. Fletcher's really gotta understand that if if Provorov isn't going to be here for the long term and you can get a value for a younger player that just needs to get you know, I don't know what that would be I, off the top of my head I don't but it would be really important for the Flyers to make a move and, and, and do I improve because that sets you up because then you get an evaluation okay what do we need to do here in the offseason do we shoot ourselves in the foot is Ryan Ellis coming back you know honestly that, that plays into the question as well will he play again doesn't like sound like he will but that's it, possible I I think when it comes down to the roster construction is that a deadline is going to set the precursor of what's going to happen in the offseason. Because if you make a push here at the end and you only finish out five points out of a playoff spot or four or three points and you're close, this team knows it's going to be better next year. And it sets you up to be able to make a really, really good, you know, throw your reel out there and see what you can catch for next season because you'll have some money to play with, especially if you're able to deal Hayes in the offseason. So there's a lot that can happen for you now and then. But overall, with this team, as bad as things have were at one point, how well they've been playing at six points out of a playoff spot, that, that's a really, really positive development. And I don't know if Fletcher's going to want to shake it up, and that's the other side of it too. Sometimes, sometimes 
the best trades are the ones you don't make. And, you know, the Flyers, for example, they had a big deal lined up a long time ago um, around the deadline for when JVR was traded for the first time. They had it lined up at the deadline and, and no team would budge on it. Look at the Ivan Provorov for Patrick Line. You know what I mean? That That's another one that didn't quite, you know, that, that was close but didn't know, but no cigar. And I know, like, they were looking at a big move in 2010. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was for, but then they went out and they just got a, a for a late round pick, they got a guy named Vili Leno, and he turned into the most probably important player in that 2010 playoff run. So sometimes the moves you don't make are the ones that benefit you going forward. So, you know, I, I know I'm not really committing to a hot take here, but if I, if you're going to just ask me straight out what they would do, I think that if anybody's going to be traded, it's going to be pro. I think they keep connecting you really see what Kinect can carry into next season before they make a move on him. I, I His value isn't the highest right now it's ever going to be, but if you have a chance where you're going to lose out on a player that can turn into a Danny Breer type, I wouldn't pass that up because scoring is hard to come by in this league. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a second uh, at the, on the back half of this to talk about the last 31 games. Only 31 games left to go in this season. But first, as always, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The NBA is still kicking, and it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every single day. Just go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. The Sixers are bouncing back Wednesday night uh, against Magic after losing to them the other night on Sunday. Uh, I'm looking at Joel Embiid over 33 and a half points with the Sixers taking the points at eight and a half. That is my same game parlay bet of the week. Download the app now and sign up with the pro- promo code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for all those details. In addition, we welcome our new sponsor of the podcast, Raycon Headphones. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I'm trying to go to the gym three to four times a week. It's not working for me. I've actually found that the smallest change you can make to your routine routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you can use every single day like Raycon. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. I cannot wait till my Raycons come in. I'm going to use them for the headphones, for podcasting, for listening to music. I have some flights coming up. I'm going to enjoy myself on the plane by listening to those Raycons. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yup, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't have to choose between products 
you can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than what you would with other the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free guarantee return. All you got to do is join at Raycon. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycons.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Dude, those things are pretty awesome, actually. I'm actually checking them out right now, too. They're incredible. Yeah, they really, really are. Not only that, too, like here's a deal here. You buy one pair, you can get a BOGO pair. You can get a BOGO for over 40% off. That's a not BOGO. A, oh, I can buy get one, nice get one, bro. That's, That's a great awesome. deal. Uh, so there's only 31 games left in this season. Uh, I think they're going to... Carter Hart's already played an enormous amount of hockey. I think it's evident he's going to exceed his career high uh, far and away this season because of... I mean... I I don't I think at this point you take the risk and send Sandstrom down through waivers. I know it's risky because if you lose him, he or he can be claimed and you might lose him. But like you were telling me before we hit record, he doesn't he's not very good. Well, let me let me ask you this. If I told you certain stats, you know, and that a goaltender had a an eight eighty six save percentage and a three point four five goals against average. And what would you think those stats would be from? That they're just terrible. What do you mean? Yeah, like, those would be like my beer league stats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it, I've got a better yeah. goals against average than him right now this season. Though, yeah. We're gonna or like that. a, t- a but, bottom tier team, like a Chicago or Columbus well, just they, getting torched. But I mean, it shows you how good Carter Hart is and how, how unproductive. He, I mean, here's the key. To, uh, here's the kicker, too. So there's there's a stat called, and it's basically an analytic. It's for goals saved above average, like the goals the goalie prevented given his save percentage in shots versus the league average save percentage on the same number of shots. So basically, like, are you telling me you're using analytics? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm, I'm making <laughs> making a point here. Like, so like the average versus each shot in this game, he's saving five point six less shots per game than the league average. I mean, the save percentage can tell you that an eight eighty six is ridiculous. I mean. Martin Jones had a goals against average over three and a save percentage of nine hundred. I mean, that's that's not great by NHL standards this day, but it's it's not it's not terrible because you're still in the nine hundreds. But I mean, Carter Hart his save percentage is average around nine eleven. Sam Erson, as well as he's playing, is at nine eighteen through five through seven games played, five starts of course, six starts of course. Um, but the point I'm I at this point. When you have a back-to-back from you know Minnesota, then Winnipeg, and you go and you start Carter Hart in both games, that tells me exactly what it is with Carter with Felix Sandstrom. There's just no confidence left back with him. He'll get some starts here and there, but Carter Hart's going to probably end up around 60 games this season. I would not be surprised to see that at all, um, unless Sandstrom gets hurt. Erson's going to be down there because they need to find a way to keep Sandstrom until they get some depth in the offseason for goaltending, and that's that's critical because. You know, Hart gets injured, Urson gets injured. Again, you can't go with Troy Grosnick and 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 Pat Nagel's never played an NHL game. So you have to you, ha- you have to have as much depth as possible for NHL ready talent. And the worst thing that this team wants to do is have to flip a draft pick to go get 
a goaltender late in the season, like, you know what I mean? Because of injury purposes. And I mean, that's something you do in the off season. So, I mean, we've talked about it a million times that the whole plane got blown up and they managed it, but you know, Sandstrom hasn't proved his salt. It hasn't, hasn't, he hasn't, this is going to sound disrespectful and I don't mean it disrespectfully at all, but Sandstrom hasn't shown that he's a capable NHL player. He's not, he, he just, he's made some saves, but he hasn't made the save to keep his team in it. You talked about the clutch gene before. It's just whatever reason is that Sanchum's going to give up a soft goal each game, and it's going to be a backbreaking type soft goal, like the one I broke down last week. It's it's just sad, but it, it's a state say of affairs right now. And honestly, I'm look like the February schedule is honestly all over the place, and it honest and it also plays well to Carter Hart's schedule because there's weird breaks. They got the island, so they come back a week from Monday, last Monday yesterday uh after the all-star break to take on the islanders then they have another two ga- days off despite a four-game win- road trip or excuse me home stand where they play edmonton nashville and then seattle two games off one game then off then a back-to-back at home with nashville and seattle that other than the back-to-back whichever one take your pick on nashville and seattle carter hart's gonna play all of those games and then it's another long break, three days off, and you play Seattle again. Then you're doing this you're West right, Coast yeah, trip. West Coast swing. And you got a back-to-back with Calgary and Edmonton. That's it's, crazy. This is a very weird February. I don't under – like, whoever made this was drunk. Like, a back-to-back in on the 20th and 21st in Edmonton and Calgary. Then they come back home for two – they get two days off because they got the travel day. Then they play another home-and-home home, – or excuse me, back-to-back. And it's a home-and-away with Montreal, and then they go up to Newark, New Jersey. This this schedule is stupid. Like, it, it, it truly is just all over the place and doesn't make any sense. Now, thankfully, you, you only have three back-to-backs left in this season, and you're knocking two out of them next month in February. So – I don't know. Like this plays well to getting Carter Hart his 60 games, but it, I don't think it, it, it honestly you we might be talking next week or 2 weeks into February. Holy crap, they're now 10 12 points out of the first place or excuse me, a playoff spot and you're talking top 10 pick again or top eight pick again. So there's still a lot of season left. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if a team is going to be like, Hey, look, let me, let me flip you picks or something. Wheeling and dealing again. A lot of people want to tank for Connor Bedard. I get it. You you have basically a generational talent coming here. Probably the next, maybe the next Sidney Crosby. Mm -hmm. God, I hope he doesn't go out West. First of all, again, (laughs) <laughs> Secondly, yeah, speaking, you made that. Oh very, god, very don't get me started. That goes out west, dude. I just, just say, kiss the NHL goodbye from mismanagement. It, but here's, here's the key. Again, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Look at Edmonton. Like Edmonton has, can, they cannot. They should be where Boston's at. Okay, has anybody seen Boston's stats lately? <laughs> are you kidding me, Boston? Like they are thirty-eight. Seven and five through fifty games. They are twenty-two, one and three at home. I have a plus seventy-eight goal differential. Okay, and that's with a some of their guys are a little bit older, like Patrice Bergeron and um, and Brad Marchand is who's over the over thirty. David Pasternak, he's younger player, but still, I mean, that's a that's it would say an experienced roster just running through the Eastern Conference. But Edmonton, 
how are you 28, 18, and four with 60 points? Oh, wait, because you got 20 million tied in between two players. You go out and you splurge on a goalie like Jack Campbell, who's severely underperforming this year, and you have nothing you can be able to do to upgrade your defense and not make the moves that way. You don't have anybody really outside of them that can really put the puck in the net. So, and here's the thing, because at some point after three years, you're going to have to give Bedard a big contract, considering what he's going to do. At least the bridge. At least the bridge and the high numbers. Okay. What are you going to do with Sean Couturier's big deal? What are you going to do with, um, you know, Rasmus Ristolainen's money? You're, you're, if that money's got to come from somewhere, and you can't build up your team around it if that's the case. So, it, 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 are you like, it, if they land Connor Bedard, you make it work? Like that, if that's what you're concerned, if you're not, concerned not concern about, about that, the, that's not my point. Is, yeah. My, my point is, is that yes, you're landing a generation ton of, of course, but it doesn't mean it's going to make you successful. It doesn't mean it's going to make you a Stanley cup. Has Connor, has Connor McDavid been to a Stanley cup final yet? No, he's not. No, he's, he's come close with the com- Western conference finals appearance, yeah, I think but that's it. Swept. So, I mean, yeah, you know, that's, destroyed. that's exactly by a good team. So here's, here's my, here's, here's the proposal. We got trade deadline coming up. They need blue line help. We need scoring help. Ivan Provorov for Connor McDavid. Who says no? Everyone in in, in Edmonton. But. Well, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> nobody listen, in anybody if say anybody no. would make that deal would probably be Kenny Holland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, listen, uh, Don Waddell, 10, 15 years ago, I would have said made that deal. Now he won't now because he's the GM of the, the Hurricanes. They're doing pretty good. All right, look, and again. A hypothetical comes out to this, but at some point you got to wonder, and, and this is the system that I throw out for this season, just throwing it out there. You got to think if Edmonton doesn't make it to pass to the conference final and get to the final this year, you got to wonder if the clock starts running on Connor McDavid's time in Edmonton. You, you got to wonder it. Oh my God, yeah. You got to wonder it. I mean, if Connor McDavid happens to come up upon this offseason, I mean, and you have a chop chance for a pick, a lottery pick this year. You got a first round next year. You got Travis Konechny. You got Ivan Provorov. He does have a new. He does have a no move clause. So, listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. You're going to think I'm absolutely nuts, and this is absolutely just pure speculation, hot take on my part. If I am the Flyers, I am in a heartbeat in a Connor McDavid type deal. I am taking Connor McDavid. And I am taking Jack Campbell, and I am tossing away Carter Hart. I am tossing away Travis Konechny, and I am tossing away Owen Tippett. All for those guys, for those two. I am doing and draft pick, yeah, and draft picks. Yeah, I, 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 whatever. I, it takes. I would, I would give away. That, that is that a much huge town. speculation. I mean, I you, you got to see how it goes, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'd do it. I mean, yeah, I'd give uh, up Carter so Hart. Everyone in Philadelphia should do that if you can. But then Maybe you're I'm kind of giving up Carter Hart. <laughs> like, yeah, and then you're kind of setting and yourself I'm going up with to Jack be the Campbell. Ed, yeah, and then you're kind of just like, oh, now we're just the Edmonton Oilers of the East, and you're in the same situation potentially. Yeah, but, but you have Connor McDavid. Yeah, you have that. You have that generational talent. Then you'll kind of understand why the Edmonton fans are kind of like, yeah, this sucks, but we have Connor McDavid yeah, and exactly. Leon Drysaitel. Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, I wanted to wrap up with this. You've been calling for this for a quite a few times. Honestly, I think it's since we started the podcast in 2019 in October. Um. Are the Flyers preparing for a new home and away jersey for next year, Scott? This rumor has started circulating. I, it's very skeptical. I'll, I'll, I'll put that at the forefront. But I think it's interesting because as they point out in the article, um, I believe this was, who was this? 
thelibertyline.com. Um, Adidas contract with the NHL runs out next year. So this is usually the prime moment when teams start fluttering out that idea of, hey, maybe it's time for a, a jersey change. You saw a little bit with Nike when the NFL took over. Um, ironically, it was on the bad end because that's why the Eagles took forever to get green jerseys because they had to they didn't get the right paint somehow or something. It was very odd. Um but I don't hate this idea. I really think, and I know you you've been harping on it. What would you like to see come back? Because I really like the current black jerseys uh from the uh stadium series. I don't think that there's enough color in the jerseys that they have now. I I, I was a real big fan. And again, I'm biased because it's the era I grew up in. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I really am biased towards the 90s style jersey with the orange tops, the black line in the middle that separated. I really hate how the jerseys are just orange and white, and then at the sleeves they have a little bit of black on them. I hate I love the Winter Classic jerseys when they first came out because it was something different. It was something new. But you've been running with them as a jersey at home as way jerseys for 13 years now, and it's a bit tiresome because all you see is that white jersey, a little bit of orange on the shoulders, and then that white band. I'm sorry, that orange band at the bottom. It's it's just it's boring. It's plain. It's boring. It it re- perfectly represents mediocrity because the jersey design was mediocre. Hey, let's take the colors on the alternate <laughs> jersey and then let's flip it backwards. And hey, look great, we got a jersey. Whoa, go us! But and at the time they were great jerseys, they were. But it's time for a change. You, you need something. I really, really like, and I'm probably really in the minority here. I and I hated they only lasted like two or three years. Is that when they when the NHL uh, revealed those edge jerseys in the 0708 season, and the Flyers had those really cool ones, like the orange top of the black. And they just I looked did different. not think you were going here. Oh, yeah. No, man. I really like those. Those Look it up. The Flyers Reebok Edge jersey. Let me see here. Flyers Reebok Edge jersey. So, like, I don't know, man. I was a, I was a big fan of that. The, the black one, too, with, like, the orange on the side and the white shoulders and stuff. It just it looked, like, futuristic. It looked modern. It looked like a really neat jersey. And I, I would be okay with that. But. Chances are, I mean, because this source is coming from a, a guy on Twitter named Gabe GTAC13 jerseys. That's really Damn where it you, comes Gabe. from. Yeah, but like he said he heard it from inside the organization. But the question is, is that what's it going to look like? Because, okay, another hot take. The reverse retro jerseys this year are friggin putrid i'm yeah, sorry terrible. the black I don't and white that, i don't think it's a hot take i think that is a consensus uh feeling because the and you i know you said this the only reason they did it is because they brought back the cooper alls as well well and the, that's and, and that's the thing too part of it is is the the cooper alls but at the same time too like a couple years ago the reverse retro was dark now it's light and that way they could yeah. use them on the road and stuff but that I'm one totally really it. worked well yeah but like it's the whole thing is black with just a little bit of orange that's it's it's, it's boring it's boring now would it look neat with if the if the letters where I'm sorry with the numbers were orange? It would probably look a lot neater. It's just it's too much black, and I wear a lot of black. Believe it or not, I, I just it's too much black. It's not enough orange in there, not enough color for it. Going back, I really hope they bring a design back similar to the '90s jerseys. I just think that that is a classic look that they wore for a long time. Also, if the alternates apparently are staying. You know, I really like the fact if they go back to the like the orange jerseys, the the mostly orange. I really like these black alternate jerseys. I will say though, if you were to tell me 
The Nike yep. jerseys from the nineties were the best. I'll send that over. Yeah, to I don't just. I I don't. I wouldn't mind a, a reverse to that, I, or a, a a a callback to that. I would replace the uh, third jersey with only one exception. I I think it's a cl- it's a great jersey. The black I think works. There to your point, I guess there's not a lot of orange in it, but I think that's where it works in this case. I would still bring back the Citizens Bank Park Winter Classic jersey. Now that would the be a orange good jersey. Was yeah. a really I love that shade of orange. I don't know what it was about that jersey. Uh, I thought it was really cool, and I know they wore it for a couple of seasons after 2012. As the alternate, yeah, they used it as yeah, the alternate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they quickly abandoned it when they could. Um, I would like to see that back, but I, I know there's a special place in everyone's heart for just any type of black jersey because I think it's just classic. Check out the link I just sent you in the chat. Yeah. Like, check it out. Like that, those classic jerseys of the the Nike ones from the late 90s were just clean. Were ju- they were just so clean, and I, I, I that's a, the design is clean, and. You know, it, it's plain now. I've been saying it for a long time. If they come up with something different, you know what I'll probably do? I'll probably like it anyway, only because it's completely different from what they have now. I'm totally in for it. Like, get rid of the nameplate. Get rid of all that stuff. You don't need it. Think how cool this is going to be. And next year, too, because the Eagles are going to have the Kelly Green jerseys with the Kelly Green helmets and then the new jerseys with the Flyers coming out. Like, that would be awesome, man. That would be really awesome to have that. I'm glad you brought up the Eagles as we wrap this thing up because obviously they're going to the Super Bowl and we're are all they? hyped. Are they, they going are. to the Super Bowl? I, didn't, I don't know if you heard. Oh, they're going to wow, the Super Bowl again. I had again. no idea. Second time in six years. Wow. Uh, five years, whatever it is. Um, there is a part of me that wouldn't be shocked if the Flyers snuck into the playoffs and made a Phillies-esque run and just did something stupid because Philly is on a hot streak right now of unprecedented proportion right now. Uh, Probably something we haven't seen. I know you and I have not seen it personally since the eighties, like 1980, 1983 era type of thing. So like part of me is kind of rooting for that just to make it happen. Look, I I think this team has a shot to make the playoffs. They absolutely do. Do They have a chance. They're not going to make it. They're not going to win a round. They're not good enough. They're not going to win a round. They have the losing record against winning teams. Yeah. Despite the, the nice wins against Winnipeg, the last couple of games, really on the back of Carter Hart, as you said, that's really, they can't, they can't keep up with these. You see the, drastic difference i know boston is on another level right now compared to every yeah, other because you're gonna play um, boston you're gonna yeah, play exactly. boston if you get in and so you you boss is gonna sweep them in three <laughs> seriously that's all that's all lopsided would but be. give us a new jersey I'm, 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 we've been waiting for that i think the team just needs a rejuvenization especially because it's been a decade plus it's been of too long it's been too yeah. long you need to spice it up you need to get people interested and bring back listen again if they bring them something brand new I'm cool with it. I'm in. I just like the fact that they're looking to change it along, and I'm looking forward yeah. to that. All right. That is going to do it. Episode 140 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate and review us. I will read it on the air. Uh, we will devote an entire episode if we reach 1,000 reviews. I'll read every single one uh, just for the heck of it. doesn't matter when it happens. Uh, five stars, three stars, two stars, four stars, one fish, two fish, three fish, blue fish, whatever it is. All right. I um, think we need to wrap up. Orangebackcheck at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff at Orangebackcheck Facebook. Uh, Facebook at Orangebackcheck Podcast on Instagram at OBackcheck on Twitter. Until next time, 
enjoy the all-star break because we haven't talked about it and the all-star weekend sucks (laughs) see ya i don't even need to say anything you said it for me (laughs) 